am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Day 42. What a day it was. Final word, World Cup daily. Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon for Seabus Super. The industry fund clobbering your retirement for six. We've seen an outstanding two-day semi-final. We didn't know what to expect when we rocked up this morning. We ended up getting a game that was, if not a classic, just one level below it. And Jeff, why don't you tell us all about it in 30 seconds? Not often you get to say this in a one-day game, but New Zealand were 2.11 overnight before resuming the next morning. They got up to 2.39. Ross Taylor made 74. Jadeja ran him out with a ripper, took a couple of great catches as well, and uh, they should have been able to chase it down India, but Matt Henry knocked the top off the innings. Three wickets down for five they were. They limped to six for 92. Then Jadeja comes in, plays the innings of his life. 77 from 59 balls, fell with a couple of overs to go, couldn't quite get them over the line. What a game. What a game indeed. We're on the motorway from Manchester back to Birmingham, so we're recording this while driving again. I've, I've attached a lapel mic to Jeff's shirt, as we did when we were driving to Canterbury, Canterbury a couple of days ago in order to get this through to you on time. We, I, I thought we'd be well and truly in Birmingham by now, but such was the nature of this game. It, it was just pulsating. Like Everything about the last couple of hours there, they should have been gone for all money, New Zealand, in terms of only making 239, but that misread the surface didn't it we we now can value and respect that innings that Kane Williamson played yesterday a lot more and likewise Ross Taylor we spoke about Ross Taylor on the show last night Jeff but in the end his 74 is the defining knock of the whole game yeah I mean it makes the difference I I don't resolve from what I said that he really battled he was struggling out there um, found it very hard to time the ball but managed to get his way through it and you know as you say that they'd, they'd assessed pretty early that they thought 240 would be a pretty decent score on that wicket and um, and that they could put some pressure on India with the ball if they were able to get there and, and they were thanks to that work that, that those two did so it still shouldn't have been enough but you don't have you know Matt Henry coming in he, he took three wickets in the tournament before t- before today. Then he took three within five overs. He was he was five overs, three for thirteen. He, he wasn't uh, playing against Australia at Lords a couple of weeks ago. Colin de Grandholm was opening the bowling. To think that could have been then, and this is now, and, and not just any old wicket. Right, where hit Sharma to get the party started. Yeah, I mean, five hundreds in the World Cup, and then he's nicking off to slip. And then obviously Coley was down the other end, and that, he was out to Trent Bolt. He reviewed it. A lovely little Linduck out in New Zealand. Had to play to their strengths early on, and moving the ball is their number one strength, and that's what Henry and Bolt were both able to do. Mm. And then uh, nicking off Kale Rahul as well. He made 100 last start, so he was gone for slip. Uh, Andy Zoltzman picked up the stat that this was the first time ever in a one-day international that the top three were all dismissed for one. So there you go, one, 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 <laughs> and then it wasn't too long later in the tenth over that Dinesh Kartik was out to an, an oh. absolutely ridiculous catch from Jimmy Neesham. That was off Henry as well, so that was his third <laughs> that wicket. Catch, I mean, th- that catch is probably why my voice is so hoarse. I gave it the big one. It's fair to say when he snaffled that at backward point, Jimmy Neesham, friend of the final word, guest during the tournament, just thrilled to see him pull off something special like that. He bowled a really important over in the death as well and, and held his nerve, but. Um, that catch, I think at the time, that was 
just when Kartik, even though they hadn't added any further runs, not many more anyway, after losing the initial three, they'd seen off the first 10 overs. And mm. it was just about the time when they were going to start trying to accumulate when Kartik... Uh, the man of vast experience, he made his test debut all the way back in 2004. He was defending well, and pulling off a catch like that, it just gave them belief that it was their day. Yeah, he was just slicing through point, and Nisham goes very low to his left. It wasn't like a full goalkeeper dive kind of one, but it was just above the ground, and yet somehow he managed to get his hand under it, and it wasn't even one of those contested low catches. It was no. so, so obvious that it was caught. And then you bring Rishabh Pant and Hardik Pandya together, which is an interesting pairing when um, when things are tough, you know, when you need to grind out, because they're not really the grinding type, they're more the dashing type. And I think they went too far the other way, both of them. They both got very defensive. They were, they were trying to be responsible and do the right thing. But they were very defensive for a long time, and then both of them got out trying one big shot after being becalmed for a while there was a section from Mitch Santner where they took seven runs off six overs from the left arm spinner there's no way that either of them play like that against spin normally and ultimately when they were both out for big shots I I, I totted up the numbers before and I think it was 64 runs from 118 balls between the two of them they were both out for 32 and they just hadn't played their way and, and never looked comfortable. It was a risk associated with putting them in before Dhoni we thought Dhoni might walk out at five and we were sure he would at six and Hardik Pandya did instead and again this is no reflection on them as players they're obviously fantastic cricketers with immense talent and they're going to be you know part of the backbone of this Indian one day side going forward but Rishabh Pant uh, after a, uh, it was 10 dot balls from Santner to begin to premeditate sweep slog sweep in the air in the deep he hit it well straight down deep mid wicket's throat but three men out for precisely a shot like that yeah. it was just dumb cricket really and then Hardik Pandya who survived a fraction longer but again one hand off the bat you know ball straight in the air and a short chance from Kane Williamson pouch there well, well he was head. going he was going against the turn he was That's coming true. across the turning ball from the left arm spinner which is not smart at the best of times when he could have gone over cover yeah, I was thrilled for Santner as well because he was held back a wee bit. I think that might have been because Williamson didn't want to necessarily give him uh, a chance to be exploited by Richard Pant. But in the end, he was the one that did the exploiting and, and picked up the two younger men. So out of that youngster stash, he won that. And then you get this fascinating, fascinating period of the game where MS Dhoni, who was batting at seven, and Ravinder Jadeja, who wasn't in the side until two games ago. It's hard to believe that. You mentioned his... Uh, performance with the ball and in the work in the field earlier today a great catch a brilliant run out to get rid of Ross Taylor in the 23 balls or whatever it was they had to return for today from the get-go he was the one trying to put a dent in the required run rate which I think at that point was roughly eight Dhoni was doing what Dhoni always does and trying to take it as deep as possible and Jadeja liberated by that just hit the ball so sweetly and and there was a moment there I reckon with about 11 or 12 overs to go they got it to roughly nine and a half and over to in or thereabouts and Jadeja had back-to-back good overs he had a nine and an 11 I think it was and you just thought well this is it isn't it he passed a half century Dhoni was ticking all over and doing what he needed to do to stay in the contest and 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 the last 10 overs was just captivating cricket what was most impressive in that final stretch was that New Zealand then didn't drop their bundle after all the hard yards have been done at the front of the innings having a player like Jadeja come in and start carving up and doing his you know his um 50 celebration what were they called the The sword dance dance and all the rest of it the 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 wind could go out of your sails excuse excuse the cliche but instead they kept it together in the back 10 and, and that's just basic cricket they 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 stuck to the basics well and that's why they got reward 
I've got to gush a little bit. I think that was one of the great all-round games of cricket from Jadeja that we saw over the last two days. The way that he bowled, one for 34 off 10 overs, outstanding in a one-day international in any circumstances, but he, 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 he deserved it. He was so accurate. Mm. He gave nothing. You could not hit him. The way he fielded, the catch that he took off Latham. So in consecutive balls, he runs out. Ross Taylor with a, a glorious direct hit with one stump to aim at and then the very next ball takes a screamer in the deep from Latham and, and just turned around and knelt down in front of the crowd and raised his arms to them and you know conducted the orchestra. <laughs> Incredible performance. But then the way he came out with the bat, I'd, I just had this feeling, I remember saying to you early in the day, I said, if, you know, today just man of the match if, um, yeah. if they need a few if they're in trouble and the way that he did it, to come out at 6 for 90 and he's not necessarily uh, really delivered on his batting talent in international cricket even though he's got such a good domestic record but to play the way he did, 6th ball of the innings he skipped down to Jimmy Neesham and pumped him over long on for 6 mm. he hit Santner for 6s, he, um, he hit Lockie Ferguson for 6s, he hit Neesham for another one, it didn't matter if you were medium pace, quick or spin, he hit everyone cleanly until it was a point where they needed 32 from 14 balls and he had to take on Trent Bolt and didn't quite read the slower ball and sliced it to Williamson so but there was so much pressure on him because Dhoni was absolutely botching it at the other end. And I know the Dhoni defenders will be out in force, but he cooked that innings. He left two balls in the last five overs. He played leaves when they needed, you know, 12, 15 and over at that point. He was patting balls away back down the pitch and to cover. And you just can't do that. You can't be a full... Well, you can't just score the runs from one end, can you? That, no. That's the problem, isn't it? When you're trying to go at double digits, you need both batsmen playing their role. And whilst Coley... Sorry, rather, Dhoni was getting consistent singles we'd reached a point in the innings where that wasn't good enough and well, much was, as it was against England he it's almost as though he took it too deep like had he pulled the trigger because he did eventually do yeah. what was expected of him there was that uppercut or vaguely helicopterish six which he nearly got dropped on and that was a, a stunning piece of theatre really where Mitchell yeah. Santner running back with the flight just parries it over the boundary just about got there but um, you know at that stage that massive six, you're starting to think to yourself, off Lockie Ferguson that was, maybe yeah. this is possible. But if uh, that had come three overs earlier, then they're in the game so absolutely. much more. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like All he needed to do was elect to go at, say, over 44 rather than over 47, for instance. And I'm not saying that New Zealand gave them the opportunity. Some of those overs in the back 10, especially one from Jimmy Neesham, where every slower ball bouncer seemed to be impossible to hoik away. Yep. Uh, and I think it went for seven or eight, but it was more the way he bowled it. He just didn't give him a chance to hit a boundary. And he had a couple of drop catches in that over as well. Oh, sorry, not quite drop catches, but balls that felt very close to reaching the, the sweepers. And uh, yeah, if Tony at that point saw, well, okay, it's now or never, then maybe it's a, a different result. But having left it so late, by that point he'd lost Jadeja. He's batting with Bhuvaneshwakuma, who was out first ball. Then it was Yubendra Chahul. It, he just didn't have the right combination at the end and eventually run out by Martin Guptill and for mine that was the moment of the game really it was Guptill running out Dhoni the ball after the six yeah. direct hit we heard about we talked about Jadeja's earlier but Guptill you know sprinting in from square leg Dhoni coming back for his second run after reaching 50 he was coming back for his 51st run one stump to aim at a brilliant piece of fielding from Guptill who's barely delivered with the bat through the whole tournament but made sure his mark was left on the competition and they went absolutely wild once that decision was confirmed because they knew that they were sort of one foot in the semi-final and they, and they, and they 
eventually got there quite comfortably. And it was as good as the Jadeja run out. It was just yeah. outstanding. Again, the sort of one stump direct hit and caught him probably an inch short. And Donny is the master of running the second. You know, that's the one thing he did out there. When the runs were there, he, he managed them well. But I just thought there was an over, what, about six overs to go against Ferguson where he uh, plays one ball blots one ball out to cover then leaves a ball and then gets a single and it's like what you can't do that you can't have three deliveries for one run at that stage of an innings you've got to go you've got to go for everything so I wonder uh, what the response is going to be like back in India I was doing a TV cross before and they were showing fairly uh, stereotypical um, shots of Indian supporters burning things and so forth but um, I'm sure that won't be how everyone responds but looking at Dhoni in a more satellite view if you like that might very well be his final game for India in any format he hasn't retired but we know that when he pulled the plug on test cricket it was just an email that went out to reporters there was no yeah. there was no fanfare it was just okay well, I'm done now and, and as uh, as our colleague Brett Sanderation said to us earlier today he, he expects a similar email might go out now who's to know yeah well I mean I guess he might be in contention for the World T20 still Possibly, next year yeah, but yeah. Um, look I, I think he's been one of the great run chasers for most of his career and he's been a very poor one for the last couple of years um, he's he just hasn't done it when it's been needed and he's and he's had the stubbornness about re- insisting on doing things his way and that might have been okay five years ago when he could get 40 off the last two overs but he can't do it anymore so I, I think he blew it um, I don't think they they were always outsiders to win it anyway as Coley said you have 45 minutes of bad cricket at the start you're three for one I mean talk about knocking the top off an in innings that's yeah. like that's like one of those guys opening a champagne bottle with a sword what <laughs> Matt Henry did in knocking the top off there you know froth and broken glass everywhere just absolutely demolished Yeah, them, and so. rightly the man of the match on that basis, I think. Even though Jadeja's game was incredible and we were talking about this off-air, it was that Henry was more like the most valuable player. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you can draw a distinction between player of the match and most valuable due to that initial spell and Henry has, Henry has the most decisive contribution, yeah. but if yeah. Jadeja has better support at the other end, he wins them the game and, and it's one of the all-time great wins, so he's my player of the day, no doubt. Do we have a Hall of Fame nominee, Jeff? I don't know if we do. We've already got Donny leaving a ball in the 45th over, so we can't really have that we twice. Do. We can't do it a second time, although perhaps this might be the right point to direct people to the Final Word website, finalwordcricket.com, to vote. We've received a wonderful response on Twitter and on the webpage. Uh, thanks to Seabus Super, who have been running that competition for us. Uh, we will be dwindling down our eight to well, our thirty-two to eight in the next. I think we're going to announce it tomorrow, aren't we? Who reaches the Friday? Final maybe eight? Friday, Friday. Sorry, Friday. I think it's yeah, open tomorrow, till Friday. Indeed, right, open till Friday. But all the same, get on there and vote. Um, don't miss out. It won't take long. So let's not worry about the final word Hall of Fame today and let's just end part one there Jeff how about this we've got a new spin on Nerd Pledge but it's sent through by our great mates Seabus Super really tell me what we've got 9.29 okay so that would have to be 9 for 29 which Mm. would be the New Zealand batting collapse against Pakistan when Yassir Shah took 8 for that's very good from you spot on but 9.29% 9.29% is also Seabus Super's average annual return for their default investment option over the last 34 years. I did not anticipate that completely organic segue, goodness me. Uh, do we have another number? We do, actually, as it happens. 
50. Okay, 50 is probably the most common number in cricket, maybe aside from naught, so that's not too clear. But maybe it's the good bit of Bradman's career in between the debut at the Echo where he sucked and then the last test where he made a duck. Very nice. Right again. Also, $50 billion is how much of their members' money CBUS currently have invested. Well, I've learned something new. CBUS Super, the industry super fund hitting your retirement for six. You can visit cbussuper.com.au to find out more. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider a CBUS right view, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. World Cup Daily, Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon for Seba Super. As I mentioned, we're on the road to Birmingham. We're about 56 minutes away if our GPS is accurate. We'll be going straight to Edge Baston to do what we can in the way of preview, to give it despite how late we are. Uh, and tomorrow we have a blockbuster and we have um, the England Australia semi final. And Australia, Jeff, it seemed like for a side that lost their last game and have had a series of squad changes in the last week, they seem in pretty good nick they seem like they're very happy well how did um aaron, aaron finch describe justin langer today as as pretty chilled out and zen and i thought that that's a nice description for the way that the australian squad is operating at the moment they all seem pretty chilled out and zen they've lost a couple of players to injury but they've had very good replacements come in um you you can see Pete Hanscom potentially making runs against England tomorrow. You could you could see Matthew Wade coming in for the final as an all rounder and bowling some handy overs, and I, I hope that happens. It would my life would be complete if because he's a very useful bowler. I reckon what better to bring into a World Cup semi than a bowler that nobody's prepared for, no one's expecting, no one's expected to see, no one's ever really seen. He's bowled what three overs in Test cricket yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, bowled in a few domestic games recently, but he does bowl quick enough, and he and, does get yeah. some movement away from the right hand, and from what we've seen he, in domestic cricket, he too. swings it, he bowls bounces, he bowls one thirty k plus, and, and, he, and he's aggressive the at the body. Well, the last time he had a, a, an extended run in the in the Test side, so what was that from two thousand and sixteen, two thousand and seventeen? We we saw him bowl in the nets quite a bit, Jeff, and he's mm. very very useful. He gets a lot of good players out in practice, so I, I reckon that it's the sort of stunt that. I would love to see in a World Cup semi-final. Remember in the World Cup quarter-final in 1996, Shane Warne walked out the bat at number three mm-hmm. as the pinch hitter against New Zealand, and it kind of completely blew our minds. If Matthew Wade uh, gets to have a trundle tomorrow from uh, from, from in a situation where we don't, where we don't expect it, well, I guarantee it'll be it'll be Hall of Fame worthy oh. at the very least. But well, five for forty-three, I'm tipping. That's, in order for him mind. to play, though, in order for him to get a start, it'll have to be at the expense of Glenn Maxwell. There was some reports of that yesterday, but uh, the captain Aaron Finch seemed to put the kibosh on that today in his pre-game press conference, reinforcing that Maxwell has a far broader role to play than simply runs. Uh, but we do know Hanscom will line up at number four or number five tomorrow. We also know via Steve. Smith, I think he, uh, well, sorry, via Justin Langer, I should say, that Steve Smith will bat at number three, which is a position he's done that job in one day cricket quite a lot over the journey. So, you know, even though there have been changes, and I don't want to sort of underplay Kawaja's absence, but it does feel like they're going in with a relatively balanced side still with Hanscom, who's so well suited to those middle overs. Yeah, well, it, it feels like they're, they, they cost themselves something by picking Kawaja. It was a, a a really invidious position to be in to have to leave out one of Kawadra or Hanscom and yeah. so Hanscom's the one who was unlucky but so it feels sort of right that he's been able to come in and will be able to play a part at some stage it's just a matter of whether he can um, hit the required standard having not been in the side but you know having been playing for Australia A hopefully he's at least sort of um, up and running enough that he'll be able to take them on but uh, I haven't heard a lot about what England are planning to do there's some suggestion they might 
go back to the two spinners, but then you wonder who who gets left out if Moen Ali comes in because there's no good choice there. Yeah, I don't think that two spinners is likely on the basis that it might require them leaving out Liam Plunkett, and I just can't see that happening. We saw the way that Plunkett bowled at Edgebaston against India a couple of weeks ago. It was decisive in the final result, so I would be very surprised if he was the man who uh, left the England 11 and I can't really see them leaving out the extreme pace of Mark Wood or or anyone else for that matter Chris Wokes has been excellent, Jofra Archer likewise so for mine it almost picks itself but the more interesting commentary from Owen Morgan in his press conference today was that he, he wants them to quite live the dream, it's a, it's a World Cup semi-final and he wants his side to embrace that and not get bogged down by the fact that they haven't won a knockout game since 992 and all the other facts around that. He's more emphasising the fact that it's an opportunity. And on a ground, and he didn't say this, but on a ground where England haven't lost to Australia in any format since 2001. That was a test match. And in a one-day international since 1993, of course, it's where they eliminated them from the Champions Trophy in 2017, had a really important Test match victory in 2015. It's where the Joe Root, David Warner blue was in 2013 as well. So you look at Birmingham as a city and Edgebaston as a venue and there's every reason why England have, uh, can be can be thrilled with their draw and if they do get to play New Zealand, whoever gets to play New Zealand will, will probably go in favour it, even though um, the New Zealanders were so wonderful today. Early indications are that it, it's a hard pitch. Uh, I don't entirely want to guess what that means but it, it should mean there's you would think a bit of reasonable bounce and that you can play through the line but um, whether that proves to be the case we shall have to see Horde and Forced Horde and Forced um, let hope so Jason Roy and Johnny Bairstow of course got off to a flyer last time they played at Edgebaston against India but the indications after the match was that they'd made it look easier than it actually was to bat out there so I think batting first is huge as well obviously England have a good record as chasers aside from the last three weeks but um, Australia would still be pretty keen just to bat first and have that pressure coming in and you know interestingly on the few occasions when Mitchell Stark has bowled first in this World Cup he's um, he's not gone very well I think he's goes at about six and over and has barely taken a wicket and when he's bowling second he's taken a bag it's a real bat first day there's almost no doubt about that especially when there might be rain around let's hope not because it's been a gruelling couple of days for us um, having to back it up on the reserve day and and fit a lot into today but as ever we're thrilled to bring you the final word world cup daily this has been day 42 for Seabus Super Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon coming to you from the motorway tomorrow we'll be at Edgebaston we can't wait it's going to be huge question my current senses that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries sorry if I ran out to empty broke this so you know what I meant here I had to go about it write it out and find it myself and there's some stories I can tell you Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members, while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS, for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.